Amen. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, 16, and 17, the Apostle Paul starts out and he says, be careful then, be very careful then how you live. Think about that just a second. Be very careful then how you live. He says, not as unwise, but as wise. How many of us give thought every day to how we live, how we're going to walk our life, how, what we're going to to maybe do what goals we have for our life, whether it's uh, spiritually, uh, our uh, family, our, our vocation. And, uh, and we think about that and we line up with those things. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. It doesn't sound like a suggestion. He says making the most of every opportunity. If you planned and you prepared and you maybe went and bought something and put it all together and uh, as something special to give to someone and they didn't acknowledge it, they didn't even open it or whatever, how would that make you feel? If you prepared something very special for someone to help them and to meet their needs and you knew that if they would take this and use it and apply it, then it would help them in their life and they didn't even recognize it. How would you feel about that? Not too good, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it would, might grieve you a little bit, right? Well, you know, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, it says grieve not the Holy Spirit, so we know that he has emotions that can be grieved. God has emotions, and so I'm think, I think that if God prepares opportunities for us and we don't uh, uh, make the most of them, then I think that it could grieve him some. Verse 16 says, make the, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what the Lord's will is. His will is not so mysterious that he, he hides it and we have to, you know, uh, really, really work real hard to try to understand it. No, it's very simple. He, he has, we know he has a universal will and that's to know him and then to make him known. We know that he has a general will, which is that the great commandment and the great commission uh, that, you know, the great commandment says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we're to do those things. You don't have to pray about whether or not you're supposed to love your neighbor or to do something. We, we don't have to pray about whether you need to worship the Lord or not worship the Lord. You don't have to seek God for that. We know that's his will. So we're to worship. We're to minister. We're to uh, evangelize. We are to fellowship one with another and see a need and meet it, find a hurt and heal it. We are to be being discipled and applying God's principles in our life and maybe helping others to see God's principles. We don't have to pray about those things. We know that's his will, right? So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, when it comes to a, a, our individual, God's ind will for us individually, we do, do need to seek that out. We, need, we do need to understand that. We need to, to seek him and uh, then hear from him and then write down, really make it plain what, we need, what he wants us to do and how we can go about accomplishing that. What goals he has for us. So he says there to be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So the question, first of all, is how are you living? How are you living? Wise, carefully, um, understanding what the Lord's will is? How are you living? Are you making... Have you ever made any unwise choices? Let's just say that. Maybe. Have you ever made any unwise choices? I have. Yeah. So glad the Lord helps us. <laughs> we turn them to Him. Um, but the real question is: Are you making unwise 
decisions? Are you making unwise choices? That's the real question. You know, if we can't learn from the unwise decisions and choices that we made in the past, then, wow, we really haven't learned anything. Um, are you making the most of, opportun of the opportunities that God is placing before you? Think about it. You say, well, I don't know. I haven't had an opportunity here in a, in a while. Really? Maybe you just haven't recognized one for a while. So the question is, are you, are you making the most of the opportunities that God is placing before you? Are you seeing his opportunities or, or only the difficulties? When Debbie was talking, giving her testimony, there were some challenges and there were some, some uh, trials there. There were some difficulties there. But she saw the opportunities in those things rather than the difficulties. One person said, a pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees an opportunity in every difficulty. So what are you going to do? Who are you going to be? How are you going to look at life? How are you going to look at situations and circumstances? God makes us an overcomer. So no matter what comes our way, there's an opportunity to be light that dispels darkness. You know, he goes on to say the days are evil. We are living in, the, I believe, the last days. And the days are getting evil, more evil. Well, what are you doing for heaven's sake? Or maybe I should emphasize it this way. What are you doing for heaven's sake? You know, what in your life are you doing to advance the kingdom of God and uh, uh, move forward and the kingdom of, of, of heaven is expanded? Praise God. We are living in the last days, and I do believe that Satan sends assignments to curse and to hinder uh, us in, in our walk, but, you know, God ha has given opportunities for us to be blessed. If we are to make the most of every opportunity, then we must... Uh, it, it must mean, it, you know, it, if we're to make the most of every opportunity, it must mean that there are opportunities for us to make the most of, right? So there are opportunities out there. Don't keep telling yourself, well, you know, God never does anything for me. He does stuff for everybody else. God hasn't done nothing for me. I just don't know why. You know, I'm, no, don't tell yourself that. Don't speak those things out. God has opportunities for you, and he wants you to recognize those. God has established gateways, in fact, I believe, to uh, open these opportunities and to bless the believer physically, uh, emotionally, and spiritually. The key then is to understand and recognize the gateways that open the opportunities. Now, there are some uh, general uh, gateways that every one of us can open, and then as we open those, we find the opportunities that are designed specifically for each one of us. So what are these gateways, and how do we open them? I'm glad you asked. Amen? My opportunity is to get a drink of the best drink in the world. God created it, and so... Mm -mm -mm. Brother Bob taught me that. <laughs> the first thing, the first gateway, I believe, is it comes through that we are to prioritize. Okay? Prioritize. That, that brings us to a gateway. And because of the fact that we are implementing God's purposes... You know, we need to make an appointment with God and yourself and sit down. And then in Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Right? So the very first thing, if we're going to open 
gateways to opportunities, we got to get aligned up, get lined up right. And the first gateway is to prioritize and to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you. God wants us to be able to have access to all these things, everything that would help us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. That's what James said. So God wants us to do that. He wants us to be happy in all our ways and all of our life. And He wants to bless us and He wants us to have things. He just told us. He just doesn't want things to have us. There's nothing wrong with having things as long as things don't have you. When they do, then that's a problem. So make... Make an appointment with God and make an, with God and yourself and spend that time with Him and seek first His kingdom. Put Him first. First things first. You know, we're going to prioritize things. God first. You know, ask God for wisdom to make the best use of your time today. God gives 24 hours a day to everyone. When Jesus was here on the face of the earth, He did, you know, amazing things, miraculous things. He still had 24 hours a day. It just depends on how you spend those 24 hours a day, right? Time is a very important thing. And so, first thing we need to ask God to give us wisdom on how we, how to best use our time. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God who gives gen- uh, generally to, uh, to us all. So do you need wisdom? Ask God. God, help me to be wise about the use of my time. Because my time, you give me the time. If he's left you here, it's not just to suck air and grow old. Amen? You're not getting any better looking. (laughs) You know, that's not why we're left here, you know? Uh, He leaves us here for us to accomplish his purpose. And so he's given to us, he gives us time. And in that time, he wants us, he gives us opportunities to accomplish things for him and to advance his kingdom. Uh, so uh, the fir- first thing is to ask him that, ask him for wisdom on how to use your time and advance his kingdom. You know, eliminate everything that is unnecessary. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, test everything, hold on to the good. Test everything, hold on to the good. So eliminate all the unnecessary stuff. You think we have any unnecessary things in our life? You know... You can ask him to help you with your daily schedule. Now, see, you know, your, your daily life, your, your family life, your job situation, everything, those are very important because it affects your attitude. It affects what you do, how you then really approach your spiritual life. Everything that, that we has done here on earth affects what happens in heaven. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Or the, whatever we prohibit on earth shall be prohibited in heaven. Whatever we loose or allow here on earth, we permit here on earth, shall be permitted in heaven. So what we do here in our earthly realm affects what happens in the heavenly realm for our life and for our sake. So it's very important to ask God to help us with our daily schedule. If you get all frustrated and been out of shape, and you're all, or if you're really tired, all wore out, and you don't have any time left, it's really hard to sit down and read the Bible sometimes when you're so tired. You can't, you know, you might go through the motions, but you're not getting anything. That's why you should do it first. First thing. Don't leave it for the last thing. Do it first. So as 
the Apostle Paul told the Thessalonians, he says, test everything, hold on to the good. So I submit that to you that that's what you need to do on this first gateway that we come to prioritize. And as we're prioritizing, we begin to make room for opportunities to come through. So test everything, hold on to the good. Review your daily schedule. Evaluate it. Cut out the, the garbage, the unproductive activities that's not producing anything. Cut it out, you know, because it's better to, you know, to do something productive than non-productive, right? You know, things like, for instance, email, social media. You don't have to read every email in your box. You don't have to thumb through every Facebook post and notification that comes. Amen? If something's important, somebody will let you know about it. You can go back and check it out. Amen? Use that instead to be able to encourage other people and, and as a witnessing opportunity. So be careful there because you could waste a whole lot of time. You know, you can get to chasing rabbits on emails. Boy, I don't, I don't open my email first thing in the morning. If you're sending me an email, I'm not going to look at it probably until later on. Or I put those off until I've accomplished, you know, in my, in my life, I've got to have time with his word, spending time in his word and asking God to open it up to me and avail it to me so that I can feed those that I'm responsible for feeding. And so I need to be doing that first. I need to be reading his email, his Gmail, his God mail to me before I read the email from somebody that has a special offer on something. Because even if you open it up, it still takes about 30 seconds to deal with it. If you've got 100 emails, how much time does that take? So there could be, you know, email, social media, um, all the different things like that. Be careful about those things. It's your time. It's the time that God gives to you. Also, what about watching TV shows that are unproductive or whatever? Schedule your time. You might even have to record one and then make it, then you schedule it when you're going to view it. How about that? I think a DVR is the most amazing thing in the world. Have you seen that? No, not yet, but I'm, I got it scheduled. I'll, I'll watch the Houston or the, the, the Texans today, but it might be this afternoon, so don't tell me what the score is. <laughs> you know? So I, I enjoy those things. It's a pleasure to me, but it's not the top of my priority, right? The first thing is top of my priority is having some family time with my, with my family for lunch after church, right? So I'll schedule that football game a little later on. I'll schedule it for mountain time, <laughs> you know, whatever. You, you understand what I'm saying? Find out a way. Ask God to give you wisdom on how you can make it happen so that you can put, prioritize certain things and, and make those things happen when they need to happen so you can accomplish what you need to accomplish and, and that, uh, that you're serving God and allowing him to work through you and, and allowing you to be happy. You know, God really does want you to be happy. Because not only when you're unhappy do you make everybody un else uncomfortable, you don't really please God when you're unhappy, unless it's, you're unhappy about something that's, uh, that he's unhappy about. He does tell us to be angry and sin not, so something that's, that's really that Satan's using, we ought to be angry about those things. But, you know, even in your work situation or in your personal life, if there's certain meetings and if there's just meetings that, that really don't require your input or whatever, hey, you know, like to say, hey, Go ahead and carry on without me or something like that. Those are hard things to do. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, uh, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So lay aside everything that, that hinders you and holds you back. 
and uh, run with perseverance to the race course marked out for you, what God's lined out for you, then put everything you got into that, amen? The problem really is not lack of time. It's lack of direction. That's what I've found. When I turn around and look, man, I just didn't have, didn't have enough time to get that finished. No, wait a minute. I would have had if I hadn't done such and such. And it might have been something that seemed urgent, but it wasn't really important. There is a difference in stuff being urgent and important, right? A telephone ringing is, is urgent. You've got to do something about it. But it might not be important. Thank God for voicemail. How many of you remember back when the phones were on the wall? And you had a party line. <laughs> Our ring was three shorts. <laughs> and you had to stand right there by Mama when she was cooking supper when you talked, you know. Oh, boy. Interesting times. How did we ever make it? My goodness. I was thinking the other day, how did we ever make it without uh, GPS? I mean, we used to travel over, all over the country. We never had a GPS. Somehow or another, we got where we were going. It's amazing. How smart we were then, you know. Wow. <laughs> but the, t the problem is not a lack of time. It's lack of direction. Take time to pray and, and to, uh, you know, be wise about how you plan projects. Ask God to give you wisdom about those things. He does want us to accomplish those things. He wants us to do things for Him and to bring glory to Him and bring, uh, help encourage other people. So ask God to uh, give us wisdom as we plan out projects, assignments that we might have. And, and then, you know, we need to go back and check the progress of those things and ask God to, to help us on it. Again, asking Him for wisdom. No one plans to fail. But if you fail to plan, you're really planning to fail. Did you get it? Nobody plans to fail. But if you fail to plan, that's a plan to fail because something else will creep in because the, saint, the devil's a creep, and he'll creep in, and he'll come to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll steal your time. He'll destroy your time and your, and your vision and what God has for you, you know. He will. He really will. The second gateway that I found, first one is to prioritize. The second is to systematize. Systematize? What is systematize? Systematize. That means to have routines or a system in place to help us. And so, you know, get into a, a routine and form positive habits. We really are creatures of habit, right? The trick is having good habits instead of bad habits. We're creatures of habit. We're going to do those. We're going to do certain things out of a routine, you know, out of a... And so we need to have a system in place, which should be God's principles from his word that govern us and help us to get into a certain routine or practice. You know, Daniel, whenever... Uh, they were watching how to get, get him and to bring him down and cause him to fail. They said, he, you know what, he's always praying. So let's do something that where you can't bow down to anything but what the king you know, brings or his image or th these things. And so they made that decree. And so David, Daniel, it says there, he left. And he went back to, the upper, to his upper room, upper chamber, where the windows opened to Jerusalem. And he prayed as was his habit to pray or his custom to pray or as his routine was to pray. Just went back to his system. And he just went back to his routine. That was a good habit. We need to be in the habit of doing certain things. And so when we do those things, and they're, they're really functioning around what God's Word says, out of those things, 
we can discover, we can make the most of opportunities. We find opportunities, and then we can make the most of those opportunities because God brings them into that pattern. He said to do all things decently and in order. God has an order about things. In his creation and various things, things are in order. And so we need to tap into that. We need to get our lives in order. Have you ever noticed that when things are just chaotic? That's one of the reasons why I like to, oh, I'll say play golf. I don't know how I kind of stab at it after two hip replacements and four shoulder surgeries. It's kind of, I have to learn, relearn the game, you know. <laughs> you can't play like you used to. But one thing I like about it is that they always mow the grass there. It makes me feel so relaxed. I feel more relaxed driving into a golf course than I do driving into my driveway. Why? Because there's pressure to mow the grass and weed eat and all those things. And so, ah. But man, it's just so relaxing. You're driving up. Everything's just taken care of. I didn't have to do anything, you know? Wow. So we do have a sense of order, and it really does bring a sense of relief and rest to us. So hey, people, work smart and get into a system. Get things into order. Follow that system, in a sense, of where the system that God helps to create. That's, where we're, that's why we prioritize and put him at the top, so that these habits that, and routines that we establish are, governed, are established by him. So that that's where he fits into those things and those opportunities that he has for us can be discovered. And so that acts as a gateway then so that we can make the most of these opportunities that God has given us. Is this making sense to anybody? I tell you what, if you apply these to your, to your everyday life, not only will you find and discover opportunities that God has given, but you'll also prosper in this life because these are things, if you went to a motivational speaking uh, someplace, they would tell you the, some of these very same things. They stole them from the Word of God <laughs> because they work. Prioritize, you know, and, and then get in this routine, a system that works and, and that you get in the habit of doing it. So prayer and your daily devotion, uh, practicing godly principles, you know, we you ought to give because you're in the practice of giving, not just in the good times, but, you know, throughout every time. We just practice, we're in a habit of doing that. Why? Because God's Word says that we should do that. He didn't say, oh, well, if things get a little nervous, if you get a little, you know, if it doesn't look so good, then, then you can kind of back off. No, that wouldn't even be faith, would it? Some of the greatest miraculous miracles that happen are when it takes that faith to push on through that next part. That's when God really shows up. Amen? You ought to be in the habit of praying. I told you, I've said before, I found myself, one time I was watching this movie, and, and I was like, and it was really intense, and I'm, I'm find my, I found myself praying for the people in the movie. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, well, that's kind of dumb, but I thought, well, and then I look back at it, well, I was just in the habit, you're in the habit of praying. People talk about in surgeries that sometimes people say certain things because they're under anesthesia and whatever. They say, you ever worry about what you say? I said, well, I don't know, and I thought, well, I guess if I'm just in the habit of, I might come out speaking in tongues. I don't know. The doctor might look a little funny. <laughs> yeah. But we ought to be in the habit of doing those things, right? So that that just takes over. Praise God. Create positive habits that help you produce. These are windows of opportunity. Just like Daniel opened his windows and there was an opportunity there. Well, yeah, they threw him into the lion's den, but look at the opportunity. God worked a miracle and closed the mouth of those lions. We'd never read about that today if, if that didn't happen. Praise God. God wants to do things like that in your life. In, in Daniel 6 and 10, is, uh, verse 10 is where that's found. You can read that and be encouraged. Daniel in his everyday life, he continued to, to do that. He was in that system, that routine, and the, the habits that God had, had established in his life, and it carried him through 
in his work situation and everything else. Praise God. The other thing on this, on systematize, is bring it down to where that you can, don't bite off more than you can chew. They say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, break it down. You can ask God to give you wisdom on how to break these things down. When you do that on the job, what's so amazing is you're going to be the best employee there because God's helping you. You're going to get promotion. You're going to get advancement because you're working these things out. There's a solution to every problem. You get paid according to the problems that you solve. You solve big problems, you get big money. Yeah. Sandy had a, a three-hour three surgery on her shoulder, and it was a, the expert doctor. He got $20,000 for doing those three hours. What does that figure out to be, Eric? That's <laughs> not bad hourly wage. And the thing is, is he had like 10 surgeries that day. What's that, $200,000? But he solved a problem that none of the other doctors, they hadn't figured out how to fix, fix that situation. And, and the, the collarbone, the clavicle right out there in the edge and all that thing. So he gets paid accordingly. That's just his, that wasn't the hospital and all those other things like that. So, hey, solve, don't worry about problems. You ought to welcome problems. Ask God to give you wisdom on how to solve those problems. And you know what? You'll get promoted Absolutely, you can solve problems. How did, Dan, uh, did Joseph come out of the prison? He, uh, he interpreted the dream. Everybody, that was a problem for the other people that got killed. <laughs> but it was an opportunity for Joseph. Praise God. So if you tackle big problems, just, you know, just break them down and ask God to, to give you wisdom on how to do that. Paul, and, and don't just be... Just don't waste time and do things carelessly. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, he says, therefore, I, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. He says, I do not fight like a man beating the air. It takes just as much effort to beat the air as it is to make that punch count, right? Don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy on things that don't count. Make every effort, every move count. There's a, a scientist, his name was John Henry uh, Fabre, and he did this, this experiment with the processional caterpillar. And he put these caterpillars around on a flower pot, back, you know, just one behind the other. And he put their favorite food right there in the flower pot, what they, what they really loved and enjoyed. Well, here they started out, and they all just were following each other, just round and round and round the flower pot, until finally they ended up dying and, and falling off the pot with their favorite food right there just, you know, just millimeters from where they were walking. Why? Because they were just walking around aimlessly, just doing nothing, really, not watching for the opportunities. And so we don't need to be like that, just aimlessly walking. Like Paul says, I don't run like one, uh, you know, just running aimlessly. I don't fight like one that beats the air. I have intentionality to what I do. And, and so we need to be intentional in the things that, that we do. So you can ask some questions of what you're doing, uh, you know, will it last? Is this going to last? Is this profitable? Will it last? Does it have eternal value? Not just earthly value. Does it, does it have eternal value? That's what would really be important, isn't it? Those things at the top of the list. Does it help elevate people? Will it encourage somebody and, 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 and uh, elevate them? Does it edify the body of Christ? You know, does it, uh, will it help guide the path of others? Will it cause them to stumble? Is it of faith? Those are some of the things that I ask whether or not to get involved in and do. 
That doesn't mean that you so, you don't walk around like a monk that can't get involved in anything, you know, and just, oh, that's why they do that, because there's just no, no fun about life. God doesn't want you to be like that. He doesn't want to just lock you into just, you know, boredom and just punish you for something. No, he wants to elevate you and bring you out as a gem to shine that others will be attracted to you and what you have and you'll be able to share with them what God's doing and has done in your life. So prioritize, systematize, and visualize. Woo! <laughs> visualize. That's a, that's a gateway. Did you know God placed... We're created in his image and likeness. And God envisioned creation and he's into the darkness and created the light. I believe God saw it and, uh, you know, he felt it and he trusted it. That's what, they, that was what the little thing was about the golf that Charlie taught. See it, feel it, trust it. You know, God's, he saw it. He could feel it. He was emotionally involved in that and he knew that that was going to uh, accomplish what his intention was to accomplish. And he spoke into the darkness and created the light. Wow, do you think we can do that too? Sure we can. God gives us a vision of something and we see it and we get emotionally and spiritually involved in that thing and we speak to the mountain and it's removed, cast into the sea. Or create something. I, amen. We need to get with it. You know, it's not what the vision is, it's what the vision does. It's important. And so allow God to, to you know, it says where there's no vision, the people perish. So allow God to give you vision for your spiritual life and what you're to do for him. Allow God to give you vision for your family. Allow God to give you vision for your, your job situation. And then with that vision, what's it going to accomplish? Then chart your course. Or they say, go, set some goals or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Along that line, don't just dream your plans. Plan your dreams. If God gives that to you, then don't just, you know, oh, great, you know. And uh, no, but plan out that dream, that vision that he's given to you. Plan it out. How's it going to come into effect in your life? I tell you what I've been doing. I've been, you know, as God begins to drop certain things into my, my spirit about uh, a message and, and what to preach, and I'll say, okay, God, then uh, as, I, as I go to sleep, I'll say, God, then you just work it in me when I don't have anything that works against you. You know, when you're asleep, you know, all your conscious mind is, is put on hold and it's rejuvenating your unconscious mind and your soul and your spirit's there for God to work in. I think that's why he does give dreams. We're going to be teaching along that line on Wednesday nights pretty soon, so you need to come and hear some of those things, how God does that. And it's like parables. A dream is, a vision is very literal and very practical. But I've asked God to, you know, while I'm there and I can't argue with you, <laughs> in my, then Father, then work that into me Work that dream, that vision, work that message or that principle, that purpose into me. And then, then as I'm conscious about it, then what I want to do is go back to that and I want to plan that thing out. Okay, if that's what God's speaking to me, how do I accomplish it? How do I, walk, how do I put feet to it? How do I walk that thing out in my life? And then plan accordingly and start walking, amen? Habakkuk 2.2 says, uh, then, then the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So write it down. Especially if you have a dream, you better write it down because within 90 seconds, they say uh, people will forget their dreams. I mean, you had dreams, but you forgot them. Yeah. 
How many of you don't know if you had a dream or not because you've already forgot whether you even had a dream or not? <laughs> that happens. It really does. It really does. So write, those, write it down. If God's speaking to you something, he's laying something on your, in your spirit, you know, and it's kind of turning over. Write it down. Write that down. I, God's doing such and such. Or he's, you know, I've had this thought. And then prove it. Maybe it's just bad pizza, <laughs> you know, or too much pizza. <laughs> but, but write it down and check it out with his word. As you're praying, put it before him. Let him, you know, bring life to it or bring death to it. Don't follow every dream. There are soulish dreams. There are things that Satan tries to bring into you as well. So, you know, don't follow every dream. You've got to test things out. Remember, test things, test everything, and uh, keep only the good. Hold on to the good is what he said. So visualize and then mobilize. You know, just do it, as Nike would say. Just do it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just think about it. One person said a farmer never plows a field by turning it over in his mind. <laughs> you got to get up there and grab the plow and turn it over. So mobilize it. You know, again, don't just talk about it. Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 22 says, The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Now, wouldn't that be a waste? Can you imagine standing before the Lord? And you might as well imagine this because many people are going to do it, and I hope it's not you, but standing before the Lord, and the Lord said, I had many opportunities for you. I gave you dreams and visions because you were fighting me during the day because you were reading too many emails and, so, and Facebook and all those other things. I never could get a spot in to, for you to hear me. So I even gave them in, in, you know, in this particular way or whatever. And when he finally gets that thought to us, and then we don't do anything about it, Hmm, that's what Ezekiel's talking about. Too many visions, they amount to nothing. That's basically what he's saying. The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Wow, we don't want to stand before the Lord and hear those things. Can you imagine him playing out on those big screens in heaven, the life that he had for you, and then playing out the life that you lived Hopefully, it'll be enough that he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. These are things to think about. Hallelujah. Mobilize it. Get it done. One person said, anybody who brags about what he's going to do tomorrow probably did the same thing yesterday. <laughs> Just talk about it. Just talk about it. Some people, oh man, yeah, tomorrow, or you know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just think about it. But do something about it. If you're feeling burned out, stuck, and you can't seem to move forward on some things, here's some things that I've done. I think about burned out. I think about when they say when there's a fire. If you're on fire. Uh, or is stop, drop, and roll, right? Stop, drop, and roll. So when you feel, this is not like on fire, like, woo, praise God. No, it's like you're burned out. You don't want to do nothing. You know, you're looking at that, it's like, oh, I can't start another thing. Or, or it, I mean, it might be at the first of your day and you just still feel like you're burned out. Stop. Look at that thing. Look at it for 10 or 15 minutes. Just look at it. Just look at it. 
pretty soon you're going to get so fired up, you're going to jump on that thing, and you're going to get started working on it. You know, it's, it's amazing. I don't know. That's the way I, I, it works for me. As I'll look at it, and, I'll, and it starts to come through, and all of a sudden, maybe God kind of energizes me a little bit. It's like, nope, but you can't touch it yet. Can't, and you know, if you say, don't, don't do it, then it's kind of like, well, I want to. We want to do what we can't do, right? If we're told not to do it. So, nope, stop. Don't you even start. 10 or 15 minutes. You wait 10, 10 or 15 minutes before you can get started on that. It does something to me. I look at it, and I get ready, and I get ready to, to, to uh, wanting to tackle that job. So stop, then drop uh, all self-limiting thoughts. Everything that starts to come to you, why you can't do it now, and everything that's going to limit you, just drop all those self-limiting thoughts, and then get on a roll and go after it. Just get her done. Get her done. You know, um, we just need to keep challenging ourselves as, uh, to, uh, on, the, on the self-imposed limitations and boundaries that are out there. We need to just keep uh, challenging ourselves on those things. In Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. That's when we get to tackle that problem. Get on a roll, man. Speak to it. And uh, get it done. Speak to yourself. Say, man, you, you can do this. If nobody else is there to encourage you, just speak to yourself. Somebody look at you and say, whoa, man, what's up with that? Getting her done. Getting it done. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you're going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. Some people have one foot in the grave. Because there's no working, there's no planning, there's no knowledge, there's no wisdom, they're just there. And so, hey, get up, get her done. My dad used to say, make hay while the sun shines. And boy, he caught the first crack of dawn to start doing it too. <laughs> you know, use prime time of the day to get things done. That's why I never open my emails the first thing in the morning. It's because, man, you waste that prime time. You know, man, guard that. Guard that prime time. You know when you're at your best. Whatever the best time of, of your day is, then guard that prime time, and that's where you're going to really launch in and get her done. You'll be blessed. Get, that, get it into a habit. Get it into a system where that you can get those things done, and you'll have such an attitude, a conquering attitude. Do we need this in the natural realm? Absolutely we do. When it's done in the natural realm, what does it do? It starts to release things in the heavenly realm. And then we, then we begin to believe that I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. I got my room cleaned up. Wow, man, if I can do that, I can do anything, right? I got that drawer cleaned out. Praise God, if I can organize that, I can organize anything. Amen. I'm not hearing too, maybe you're just thinking real hard. One person said that time is one of the most important ingredients in any successful formula for any human activity. He says, invest in it wisely. So we do. Find that time of your, that prime time in your life and set that aside to get those things done where you can tackle the most things. Don't put things off. There's, a, uh, there's an appropriate task for every moment. Make the best use of your time. Amen. You know, work smart. You know what your body's going to do. You know that downtime that comes around 2.30 or 3.30 or whatever? You know, that's when you go for a walk. 
or mow the grass where you don't have to think about anything. Yeah? That's when you schedule those things that you can't think about anything, but you got to stay awake, so you got to go do that or whatever. If you're going to exercise, that's when you go exercise, right? Wake up because the evening's coming. You got to be alert, right? Think smart. Make the most of every opportunity. So schedule those things in. You plan them out. Don't let those things control you. You control them. You are master of your destiny. Amen? Come on now. God's given us dominion and authority. Let's take dominion and authority over our schedule. Because that one thing, our schedule, can defeat us and hold us back from accomplishing what God would have us to accomplish. It really can. It does make a difference what we do in our everyday life. It really does. Schedule your nap for 2.30 to 3.30. You say, well, I'm at work. Well, get in the truck and drive someplace and uh, meditate. (laughs) (laughs) Get some tinted windows. I don't know. (laughs) You know, find out what works and get it done, you know. Praise God. The last thing is strategize. Just basically go back over it and see what worked and what didn't work. Get a plan for it and put it into practice and start it all over again and begin to open these gateways to the opportunities that God has for us. And when we're doing that, we are a better place and a better position then to make the most of every opportunity. Keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. Take that step forward. Obstacles are things that people see when he takes his eyes off of the goal and off of the prize. So keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the goal, not on the uh, the obstacles. Don't get sidetracked by wrong motives or various obstacles like wrong motives. You know, money can't buy you happiness. Timothy says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Don't let that be your main motive for doing it. No. That comes, it rewards us because God's given us that talent and the ability to do that, and then we're able to do more in the kingdom of God. If we had tithe off of that 20, every one of those $20,000 that that doctor did, we'd have a lot better building program. <laughs> Amen? Some of you need to be making $20,000 every three hours. <laughs> Release that. <laughs> you know. Amen. Dr. Youngie Cho said that uh, he pastors that little church in Seoul, Korea, 750000 and so he said that at one stage of their church that uh, he said they had uh, 12 millionaires in the church. And he said they, they were doing certain things in the, in the church that God had directed them to do. And he said, the millionaires came and says, we don't like that. He said, well, God told us to do it. They said, well, we don't like it. You need to change it. He says, if you've ever seen him, he's about this tall little Korean. I ought to obey God rather than men. They said, fine. So they left. So he left, lost all of his millionaires. So he came out to the church. He says... All millionaires gone. I make new millionaires. <laughs> and, and he said, and it worked. <laughs> Must be doing something right. <laughs> you know, praise God. So, hey, maybe God's called you. You know, the motivational gifts, one of the motivational gifts is giver, a giving. And so maybe God's called you that. And maybe you're frustrated because you've not had that. You can't give what you want to give. Well, God will bless you. Let him know about that. He'll give you opportunities to be able to increase so that you can do more for him. Praise God. We find our place in the body of Christ, and, and then, you know, what do they say? What was that little song? We're all in our places with sunshiny faces. faces. 
this is the day, that, uh, this is the way we start a new day. Or the, we used to sing that little song. So, hey, let's get in our place and let's ask God, you know, to, to take us on, move us forward. Don't waste his time. Don't waste the opportunities that he brings into our life. Go forward. He's our first love. Everything that we do is for him. Let's not hear, let's not be a part of that church, the Ephesus church there in Revelation, where he says, you know, I have this, you've done a lot, you've got a lot of activity going on here. Don't confuse activity for accomplishment, right? You can be the busiest person in the world and not accomplish anything. So he says, you got a lot of things going, you're doing a whole lot of stuff, but he says, but you've forsaken your first love to the church of Ephesus. And now then because of that, he's, then he told him what it was going to cost him. So let's get our first love and do it for him, here, you know, for him and his kingdom here at the church, on your job and your family, do it for him, exalt him. What you do, let it be exalted, and be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. For the days are evil. People, we don't have time to be messing around. We need to be intentional in everything that we do. Make it count. Because we need to be advancing the kingdom of God. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So I go back to these questions as I close. How are you living? Wise or foolishly? You know, have you made or are you making some bad decisions, some unwise choices? Are you making the most of the opportunities that God has given to you and bringing into your life? Are you seeing his opportunities or are you only seeing difficulties around you? Or do you see those challenges as opportunities for God to bless and work miracles in? So the days are evil. And uh, what are you doing for heaven's sake? Let's pray together. Father, every once in a while, you stop what we're doing in our hearing and maybe you just speak the and exhort us. And we know that prophecy is for exhortation and